Himalaya. Listening to Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya learning podcast to access my own your shit handbook filled with key insights and exercises. And to join a community where you could chat directly with me, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie and enter promo code Rosie at checkout for your first 14 days. Absolutely free. I hope to see you there. All right, guys, this is Rosie Mercado, and you're listening to the Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, where we talk about the journeys that people take, that we take, and the lessons that we learn along the way. Today's guest is a very good friend of mine, a special marketing guru and author, Carlos Haley. Welcome, Carlos. Oh, my God. Now it's me interviewing you in a different setting. We're not at NASDAQ. We are in our own homes with a crazy pandemic going on. Isn't this crazy how life just kind of like never expected, how everything changes? You know, this this is chill. You know, first of all, it's great to be here connecting with you, reconnecting with you. I see all the amazing content that you put on social media. And in fact, right before I jumped on here, I was giving you kudos to, to, to my followers because you're always just so positive. And I think in these times where we're at with the pandemic, we need more positivity than we need, you know, chaos. And you, know, you got a lot of people scared right now. So you yeah, know, thanks for absolutely. all that you do. And thanks for having me on. Oh my God. Thank you. Well, talking about positivity, you know, I'd love to start each conversation um, with our quote of the day and, you know, kind of send some, you know, inspiration and get us, you know, kind of thinking, you know, of, of a lot of things, but in particular this, I don't know why when doing these interviews, I really think about quotes that really inspire me and I'm inspired through the person that I'm going to interview. So this really, like it came, like it came to mind. So I don't know how, what you think about this, but it's our quote and it comes from author Ron Carpenter Jr. A teachable spirit and a humbleness to admit your ignorance or your mistake will save you a lot of pain. However, if you're a person who knows it all, then you've got a lot of heavy hearted, you know, experiences coming your way. And when I read this, I like, I, I, you know, we'll talk about it ahead, but there's just this one moment where you did something just that I thought that was incredible. It was so full of respect and humbleness that completely like you just own that moment and we'll talk about it ahead but it really completely changed like I saw the human side of you and I saw Mm -hmm. your heart and it it was just like I just wish a lot more people would be just authentic and just just put it all out there don't you think by design it should be that way but you know for for many different reasons that we can get into people show you one side of themselves on social media. They're not really giving you the full, the full picture. And, you know, it, it took for me to, to go through my, my lumps in life, but also it really took for me to write a book around marketing and social media to make me analyze, first of all, my performance. You know, I, I, I write throughout my book, Then the Marketing, that social media, a lot of what we see is an illusion. It's smoke and mirrors. And the more I started writing, the more I started analyzing, like, man, going back to when I started to see a little bit of popularity and internet fame on these platforms, I was much younger back then. And it kind of went to my head. Um, I enjoyed really? that high that social media gave me. Uh-huh. And I even kind of created more of a more of a character, if you will. And it's taken me kind of going full circle. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this interview, more my personal life. Uh, but it's taken me so many years for me to realize that a lot of what I was showing on social media at one point wasn't the full picture, so to speak. And I think for a lot mm-hmm. of folks out there, 
they're just, I don't know if afraid is the right word, but I think folks. There is a sense of fear though. There is a sense of fear because what, at least this is what I've learned because I'm like, you've known me. I have been an open book and because I've been an open book, I have gotten a lot of shit for who I am and for the things that the mistakes that I've made that I've been so public about because I'm like, look, if you're going to get to know me, whether it's private or publicly, you got to let get to know my values, who I am. And I'm human. And because I'm human, I'm definitely not perfect. So I'm just, I just learned at some point, my dad says, you know, if you're going to walk in integrity, walk in integrity. And right. I didn't quite hit me until I started doing it. I'm like, you know what? I, I might as well, I just have to put it all out there because not only is my family watching, but my kids are watching and my kids right. are watching. And I just want them to always have this memory of like, all right, she owned what she did. She is who she is, what you see is what you get. And I just, I, and I just found it very liberating, but I also found that with that, there was a sense of fear that came and the fear came for me. Damn, are people going to reject me? Am I going to get a job? What is the mm-hmm. criticism? Like there's all these things. And that fear of rejection becomes a fear of self-rejection. I don't know if that resonates with you. Yeah, no, it definitely does, you know, and, and you broke you broke it down really well. I think for a lot of folks out there, myself included at one point, we're afraid to really let people in because we don't want to be judged. So instead of letting people in, instead of allowing people to critique us and really see who we really are inside, we put up a facade, we put up a front. We, you know, you look at platforms like Instagram, right? And by design, yeah. they're intended to show people's best you know, best image. That's why you have beauty filters, right? That's why, you know, you, you, yeah. you post that one really good photo that you know people are going to see and they're going to give you the most likes. And the they're going to be like, damn. <laughs> but here's what I'll tell you, Rosie, and anyone else watching and listening to this, when you really make yourself vulnerable and open up, what you're really doing is you're making yourself relatable to others out there. Because let's face it, the majority of people aren't winning every single day in their life. And we look at like where we're at right now at this point in history with COVID, you know, heck, you have people losing their jobs, houses, cars, money, right? It's tough times. So for a lot of the influencers out there that I see that are still kind of operating like it's business as usual and posting the parties and the cars and the private jets, That's all. I gotta say what you're doing is you're alienating 99% of, of the population out there that doesn't relate whatsoever. So what I've really had to do quickly over the, over the last several months as you know, I've even encountered loss of business and kind of gone through these, you know, I, you know, I don't want to call it depression whatsoever, whatsoever, but I kind of go through these moments of like lack of motivation. This roller coaster. Yeah, these yeah, roller coaster rides, which is normal because we're human beings going through a human experience. Like, I'm like, F it. I've got a platform and I'm going to just tell my community, hey, there's days I just want to play a video game. You know what I mean? There's days like today where I go on a three mile walk and I go on Instagram. I just let it all out just to let people know, like, this is what's happening right now. And guess what? My DMs blow up with people saying like, yo, that's real. That's relatable. Yeah. That really I love that. my soul. And you stopped doing that for a while because you just started doing your walks again. I know because I follow you. I watch your it's, stories because I find it so inspiring when you really like when you started picking up you know, your platform and you started putting that, you know, camera in front and you're just, today's time for a stroll and you start walking. It's kind of like, it's therapeutic because you start venting, but at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, I'm not the only, you know, I'm not the only one going through that. Like, it's like, we connect, it's like, we, Mm -hmm. we connect on a level where it's like, okay, 
then, you know, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Someone else is going through that. Or, you know what? He's thinking exactly what I'm thinking, but he's saying it. I think we need that because we're at such a loss of connection, human connection now um, because of COVID and we're like set, we're distancing and we're doing all this at the same time. I think a lot of people are experiencing a lot more sense of loneliness. So when you get see other people that you inspire or you connect with that have been so professional being real, you're like, all right, that person, that person's human. Like they have good moments. They have bad moments. Not that I wish it upon him, but it's like, okay, that I, I could be that person. I, I could yeah. be him. Like I could get to that level, but I know that he goes through that too. So it's not like all glamorous and glorious and like successful all the time. Um, there's ups and downs and that's the reality. And I love what you do with your walks. You know, one thing that, I've, thank you, by the way, one thing that I've, I've learned over the last, you know, I don't know, four or five years that I've been in this game and writing a book really helped me get out of my own headspace because I do believe that once you achieve some of those big goals and you see the outcome is, you know, people buy a book, people are sharing on social media, we're having these types of conversations, that in, its, in itself validates yourself. You know, like forget about the external validation that you're trying to get from others, but just validate some of your fears. You know, I always yeah. used to, I always used to laugh when people would bring up, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the imposter, uh, imposter syndrome. Yes, I used to always look at that word or those words, imposter syndrome. And I used to look at it as like a bad thing. Like, oh man, like that kind of means fake it till you make it. Oh and my God, that's what I'm just going to tell you. Fake it till you make it is what resonates. When you say imposter syndrome, it's like, I so, hear this so voice, like fake it till you make it. Like, sh- you know what I mean? Fake it till you make it and imposter syndrome are not one in the same. And, and, and I want to break this down. Because, break it down for me. I want to learn. Fake it till you make it, from my perspective, means show people an image or an illusion of someone that you're not in order for you to eventually get to where you want to be. And what happens in this space, you see, I've worked in social media and digital marketing for 12 years now. I've seen a lot of people come and go in this time. And what happens is a lot of people want to go from being unknown to being insta-famous within a very quick matter of time. So they do all the right yeah. things, right? They get themselves a, uh, a, a D-Rock because they want to do what Gary Vee does. They start doing courses like a Ty Lopez. They start flying private like Grant Cardone because they idolize these thought leaders, so they want to be like them. So they start doing all the things that they do to give the illusion, the appearance, but they're not actually in the trenches doing the work. So what happens is you have folks that they'll create a course and they'll sell these courses. And then the course drives zero value to the people that buy it. So now the people that bought it either want their money back, they're pissed, or they're not giving you reviews. So you depend on people to review your work to then lift you up. So that's fake it till you make it. And you can achieve marginal success but the I'm not a fan of that though yeah, no, I'm not I'm a fan not of that fan. I'm the not a fan will, of that the internet will like weed you out quick and you see throughout my climb I'm, I'm almost 37 I started doing what I do at 25 in the last 12 years I can't tell you how many times people have said get yourself a ghostwriter to write a book if I would have gotten myself a ghostwriter at 25 26 years old I would have had eight nine ten bestsellers by now but I would have been a phony Right? It wouldn't have been mm. my work. It would have been someone mm. else's work that I take credit for, right? Yeah. So eventually at some point, that's going to catch up to you. Now, imposter syndrome, what I believe that is, again, just my take, I've been doing a lot of kind of research on this and a lot of reading up on it, is I feel imposter syndrome is more internally not feeling like you own or deserve your success for one reason or another. Mm. Okay. And that in itself is different. Because on the outside, people see you one way, you see yourself on, on the inside a different way. 
And that's a struggle I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in this age of social media marketing, I know I've gone through these bouts. This is what we face without actually vocalizing or saying, and quite frankly, I think this is the first time I ever even publicly share this with anyone. So when I wrote that- Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate you because this is important things. I really think that this message needs to be heard because as you're saying that, I think every entrepreneur out there that ever existed has gone through this. They did not feel worthy being in a room where there's so many successful entrepreneurs and and there's this moment that comes into your head internally because I've been there. I can tell you, I've been on stages and I'm like, what the hell am I, how did I get here? Like, and I would look at my manager and like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I should be here. And I've jeopardized opportunities because mm-hmm. that inner voice inside of me did not match everything that I was living in. What happens that at some point these two collide, they crash, and then that opportunity is gone know, because that energy didn't meet. You know how much we hold ourselves back because of imposter syndrome? Because we're scared of what's going to happen one way or another. And I'll give you yeah. I'll give you two two real real life examples which really started make all this kind of click and come together. Um, one, when I was writing my book, The End of Marketing, I was really excited to write this book, but then I also had this fear, well, what if, there, there you go. There what if go, no one guys. buys it? No, but that was my fear. I'm writing this book, but what if no one buys the damn thing? What if no one reads it? What if people think it sucks? And that's when that voice gets in your, in your inner head. Yeah. And it starts to really F with your, with your confidence, with your psyche. And then you know what? The book came out. It became a bestseller. I was like, ah, I can breathe now. Because again, external validation. But yeah. recently, COVID happens. I started losing a ton of business. So I started up a new business, a mask company, Outlaw Masks. Now, no one knows Carlos Gills being into fashion, or e-commerce. So again, this is where imposter syndrome starts to kick in. Well, I'm a best-selling author. People have already seen my face all over the internet. I'm a public speaker. I'm this marketing guru, this, that, and the other. What if I fall flat on my face and no one buys a mask for my new company? Or what if you're crazy successful and everything just blows up and you're like, wow, I just found something else that I'm super successful at. Yeah. And that's where we're at now. Three months in, you know, the first month I'm telling my brother-in-law, like, yeah, like, Hey, let's not get too excited about these initial orders. Cause this might just be people want to <gasps> show love. Did you say that Carlos? I wish I was there to slap you on the hand. But then I wish month, I was there. I would be like, then, oh, don't say then, that. But then month two rolls around and I'm telling my brother-in-law who's my co-founder. I'm like, bro, I'm doing the end of marketing playbook for our business to a T Month three we're in, it's like we keep growing our sales, doubling our numbers. And now it's like, okay, I can breathe again. You can breathe again. Because that fear that was once there has now been externally validated. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. Thank you for sharing that um, intimate intimate moment. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I feel, don't like sharing that. They like to share their successes but sometimes they don't like to share their fears or their failures. And I think that is equally important in growth and success because there are lessons that are taught for you for a reason Mm -hmm. you have to grow from um, mistakes that we, that we commit. And I think it's really important that other people are reminded that you have to breathe. It is something normal that we all feel um, that we all fear. These are emotions. These are thoughts that Mm -hmm. go through. And I think it's about redirecting them and being able to kind of step back and breathe. 
and also being risk taker of if something, you know, if something's not working at the moment, all right, let's redirect. What did I learn from here and where could I apply it in a different direction and try something new and find a new passion. And then also give yourself the opportunity of saying, Hey, I could be successful at this too. find new successes. I think it's about finding passions, finding creative ways of getting out there learning, but by learning, I'm talking about educating yourself. And I think that's something that has to be consistent. And you share a lot, a lot, a lot of great information. And of course, I have the book here, The End of Marketing. You are a published successful author, Carlos. How does that feel, first of all, to say that? Like you have an amazing book. You've shared some stories. This was therapeutic. You grew through this. You changed. You've been successful now in a different venture, in a different business. You've applied everything that you talk about. So you're not just, you're not just, talking about it, you are actually applying it, living it, you know, pushing it forward and you're being successful. Now there is this page that I absolutely love because you know that we've talked about it because I was um, not very successful in the past with relationships. Mm. Um, And it really, when I saw this, I was like, Oh my God, you are talking my language right now. This is just so true across everything. And because I was so unsuccessful relationships, it was in my mind that I was like, I need to be the best person. I need to learn everything about relationships. And just at some point, I know I will be successful, but I got to keep, keep going, keep going until I find the right relationship, a healthy relationship. But you talk about this and Mm -hmm. this is on page 86, Mm -hmm. giving value upfront and offering something unique is similar to the courting process. You can't just ask someone to be in a relationship without first sharing information about yourself and building rapport. And the same way you have to swipe through many prospects and have several intimate conversations on Tinder before you lock in a date is the same way you will have to have many conversations conversations on social media before you convince that one buyer to swipe a credit card, write you a check or agree to a cup of coffee. Why yep. did that speak to me? Why? Because if more people understood the importance of relationships and business, mm-hmm. the importance of relationships personally, the importance of relationship with your kids, like everything takes time, dedication, and consistent effort in order to win someone's trust. It's so hard to win someone's trust, but once it's there, Mm -hmm. you got to keep earning it day by day. Tell me a little bit about that. Why did that come up for you and how did you learn that? Well, you know, I I, I like to make my my writing, my speaking relatable to to anyone that watches me or or listens or in this case reads my, my material. So I use a lot of analogies, you know, in my book, I talk about pro wrestling, hip hop music. And then, you know, to your point, you know, the comparison of dating and Tinder. And I look at business and dating as really one in the same. It's just, there's a different outcome on the other set, on the other, on the other end of the transaction, right? You, know, you yeah. date with someone, you mate, and then, you know, you get married and, you know, you live happily ever after, right? In business, you go through that same courting process of getting to yeah. know your potential mate. And, you know, there are some business transactions which are very short-lived. There's others that, you know, are, you know, a lot longer of a buying cycle. But, you know, relationships are really at, at the core of everything that we do. You know, you and I have now recorded a couple times because we have formed a relationship. There's a great vibe. I share you and promote you. You promote me. Like, that is something that's earned. That's not Not only that. Can I also say that we have common values, Like we have met a place where we have common values. And when you meet someone in business and in friendship that has common values, there's just this grace that comes up upon this flow that comes upon that you could work. And it's so important to be able to find people that, and they are out there, but you have to give that opportunity to be able to, and you have to invest. It can't be just about what are you going to give me? Give, 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 give. It's about how can I add value? And you talk about adding value. And that's another key. 
um, that's really important. So I think you know, in the world of business, so many folks are, are, are wanting for the game to come to them instead of them going out to find the game. And they're, again, promoting their best looking content. Again, the comparisons to Tinder and let's say Instagram, you know, content. And I, I make this comparison in, in my keynotes, right? In the world of Tinder and online dating, people are promoting their best looking photos because they're trying to reel in and attract a potential candidate to date. Um, in the world of business, we do the same. We put our best content because we want to attract people over because people are, are visual creatures of habit. But think about this concept. Why not go out to people directly? Why not pop into someone's DMs and say, you know, hey, you look like a really cool person, you know, guy or girl, you know, it doesn't matter the gender, but hey, you look like, like a really cool person. Hey, you know, I'm following you. Hey, you know, I'd love to get to know you more. Like that in itself is something that we've gotten away from because so many yeah. folks out there, I believe they're looking for the instant ROI. Again, they're looking to get insta-famous. Mm -hmm. They want things to yeah. happen too fast. And, you know, this whole space that we're in, it's noisy. It really, really is. And you have- Especially now. Yeah, it's really noisy from when I got started over a decade ago. And you, know, you just look at a platform like, like Instagram, there's over a billion users on there. So how are you going to stand out? It's not by having the most followers or having the most engagement, but really it's by connecting with people, you know, in some cases on a one-on-one -on -one level, but really being relatable to others. And, and I think that's what yeah. makes you more attractive than in essence, the videos or the content that you post. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you something. So I have your book here and obviously, you know, I love your book. Um, I love all the content that you, that you have in it, which when you read it and apply it, people, you read it and apply it is key because you have tons of books on your bookshelf. If you don't read them, they do no good. So read it and apply it is the key. Why did you decide to name the book The End of Marketing? Such a good question. First of all, I want to say I'm impressed that you read the book or at least read some passages of it because we've done a lot. I've done a lot of these podcast interviews where the person interviewing me doesn't even have the book. So thank you, Rosie. Uh, I wanted to go for a name that was catchy. First and foremost, you know, there have been probably thousands of books on the topic of social media marketing that were written prior to me writing the end of marketing. And, you know, I feel that when I was sitting down and I was thinking about a title, first of all, the, the original title wasn't even the end of marketing. I can't even tell you now what it was because it's been a couple of years, but my publisher kind of kept pushing back and said, imagine you're walking through an airport and you walk right by a pile of books. And I, I've done this countless times in my business travels. What's going to catch your attention? And I said, very simple, the title and obviously the cover because a lot of people judge a book by its cover. So my persona, if you will, that I've kind of built over the years on social media, it's, it's a little bit edgy. You know, it's a little bit out there. You know, you either love it or you hate it. Uh, but that's- No, no, we I, love it. We love it. We love it that's, a lot. That's, that's the brand I've built. And you know, I take pride in being um, a Latino in the, in the social media marketing game. You know, I go to a lot of these conferences. I don't meet a lot of other people who are Hispanic. Um, that's hello. Thank you. Thank you for putting that out there. Porque es bien importante, Latinos. If you're listening, it is really, really important that you step up your game. We need more Latino representation. Yeah, so we I thank you, that, Carlos. You really have stepped it up. And you know what? You are not ashamed to say que eres Latino. And that's yeah, the I'm not, I'm, not that. I'm not ashamed, but you know, kind of bringing it all together back to the title because I'm I'm different and unique. And I said before, either love me or you hate me. There's folks that don't like my brand. 
because, you know, I, I'm boisterous. I speak loud. I'm edgy. I, I kind of go against the grain in a lot of areas. And if you read my book, you'll see, like, I, I was just talking to a guy yesterday. I was like, hey, man, like, you bring us some really good points throughout the book, but it's, it's a little too aggressive for my liking. Right. So again, okay. what's, what's in the title? <laughs> first of yeah. all, I stand, I stand by what's in the first sentence of the book that marketing as we know it is dead because it is yeah. today. Marketing is so many things. Marketing is not just a brand marketing to people. It's people marketing to people. It's people building brands, people being brands themselves, us ourselves replacing logos. Um, so again, I was, and especially now, Carlos, I mean, it's changed even more with the pandemic, like brands really have to step up and change things because the pandemic, there's more people at home scrolling and to really pay attention to that. I mean, people are spending hours upon hours on their phone. So here's the irony in what you just said. First of all, I just announced on social media today that book number two is coming out in 2021. So Bravo. You heard, you heard <laughs> Congratulations. It on the Rosie Mercado podcast first. Uh, book number two is coming out in 2021. The, the way the book number two came up so quickly was first of all, a lot of folks have been reaching out to me since March when all this started. My book started. went from went from you know it came out in October, you know was doing great in sales, beginning of the year rolled around, was kind of below on the charts, and then all of a sudden skyrocketed, like almost number one on Amazon in business books, and it's been holding in the top ten since March because a lot of people now are gravitating to this book that has an apocalyptic end of days type feel to it. And then the subtitle being humanizing your brand age of social media. Like people now understand that concept because as consumers, we're tired of the rhetoric from brands and from media. And we also realize that we're taking the social media to engage with other people who are brands. So I immediately reached out to my publisher back in March and said, you know, Hey, look, I realize that this book it's isn't time. even a year old, but we've got COVID. There's so many lessons I'm being asked to speak about how to grow a social media following or grow a presence in a crisis. Then a couple months ago, you know, Black Lives Matter happens, right? It's another yeah. moment in time. So I, uh, I was able to convince my publisher and, and you know, look, I, I realize you like an author, take three years to promote a book, but hey, I'm ready. There's not, it's time. It's time. More, well, the, more now than ever. The way that I'm also hardwired is if, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. So Absolutely. we've already seen that then the marketing has been a success. Let's, let's yeah. keep the good times rolling. Oh my God, Carlos, congratulations on that. Really, it's a lot of hard work and it takes um, a lot of energy to put into this and to learn and to grow. I mean, it, I think your book, The End of Marketing, like is amazing now more than ever. I cannot wait to see what you bring and all the lessons that you learned through COVID, um, through you know people being at home and being forced to be at home and then social distancing, like how everything has changed through the pandemic and what lessons and how everything's going to shift because there's this huge mm -hmm. shift happening. And um in order to really connect with people, I mean, there's so many things have changed. It really, because now, like you said earlier, it's not relevant, like your best car or your airplane or the glamour, like that's not relevant anymore. Like it just, it, people aren't connecting to that. If anything, that you're pushing people, you're pushing people away and you're pissing people off and people are more vocal. People are more angry now and they're vocalizing it. So we're seeing a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Carlos, I have a question. This is the part where we go, and we talk about Rosie's takeaways. This is a moment of adversity that pushed mm -hmm. you forward and that you really grew, you learned from. And this is where we like to share the human side mm -hmm. of our guests, um, not just their successes, but their lessons that they learned. Right. Now, we talked at the beginning of the podcast that there was this moment and 
I've known you for a while and we, we, we went and we had dinner and we sat down and we we're just talking about, you know, just life and things that happen. And there's just this moment that publicly you being so much into marketing and just showcasing you, you showed everything business and we've learned a lot, mm-hmm. but there's just this moment that you took that I think it took me by surprise, but the moment it took me by surprise, you gained my respect. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I wish, especially men, especially men would take the time to do this when they've either hurt someone, when they disrespected someone, or, you know, they've fallen behind and you're human. Everybody right. goes through mistakes, but you took this time and you made this post and, you know, I want you to kind of like, I would love for you to, to share this because this for me, like for you to do this, I know it was a huge step and I know that you put a lot of time to think about this, but can you share a little bit about what happened, you know, with this Absolutely. moment Absolutely. So, you know, kind of address the, the elephant in the room. People are probably wondering, like, what the hell is she even talking about? Yeah. So, you know, I first, <laughs> want to preface, I first want to preface by saying I will do my best to tap dance around certain details just out of respect for all parties involved. So I think absolutely. we can agree on that. Yes, so, absolutely. You know, about three-ish years ago, you know, my wife, who I'm, I'm married to still today, we, we, we separated. Uh, it wasn't uh, by her choice. Let's just say that. And I was in a relationship with someone else that I have a child with. And so I think you can kind of connect the dots there. So I'm in a relationship with another person while going through my divorce at the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through all these things, right? You know, I've got you know, a show, you know, NASDAQ, I'm sneaking all over the place. I'm seeing a certain level of success that was foreign to me that in my previous relationship with my wife didn't exist because... I was still climbing and it seemed like when I found myself in this new relationship, I started achieving these new levels of success. And and that was, that was just, it was great. Right. But then there was a part of me that continued to feel empty. And and this Mm -hmm. is really what I want. Anyone's listening to this out there. That's probably going to relate to this, you know, just because you make a few dollars, just because you write a book that doesn't make you happy. Like in the moment, yes, it's cool to tell everyone on social media, hey, I did this and get you know, thousands of likes. It's cool. But when you put that phone down or you close that computer or in your moments of solitude is when you really start to analyze like what's missing. And, you know, last October, when my book came out, the day that my book came out, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was October 3rd. And I was at a hotel because I had just done speaking engagement. And my book that I worked so hard to write and publish had just come out that day and I was by myself. And that was a moment in my life where I started realizing like, what the hell am I really doing? Okay. Mm. I've got in full transparency, a lot of kids, right? And beautiful kids. Yes. Beautiful kids. You know, I've got a lot of kids, um, not all from the same mom. And it was just really a moment of introspection that dawned on me. And I really felt a heavy heart. And, you know, at the end of last year, came back to Florida, my, my wife and I reconciled, um, you know, we recently moved back in together, actually, because of Corona, Corona kind of forced us to, uh, to move back in. And it was at the beginning of this year, you're referring to a post I put on Instagram, really giving her her place, but also apologizing to her publicly. And one of the things that my wife has said to me many times over the years, um, there's something along the lines, and you could probably fill in the blanks here, Rosie. Um, you know, something along the lines of like the apology has to be louder than the offense, right? And so many people on social media over the last three years, uh, not by design, have kind of poked into my life to see what's going on. And 
again, there's only so much that you can sweep under the rug before people Absolutely. start to question, well, like, what's really going on? Are you divorced? Yeah. Who are you with? This sort of thing. And that's it's kind of the price that you pay being a, you know, a public oh, figure, yeah, if public you will, figure. on social yeah. media. But, you know, I, you know, I put this post and, and let me tell you something. It was it was like a, a, a weight that was taken off of my shoulders uh, that was released because it had been three years in the making. A lot of folks from afar, you know, they, they were happy to see that, you know, people decided at one point not to follow me. And, you know, some of those people came around and, you know, what I'll say to anyone else out there is if you're going through a situation in life right now, you know, infidelity related, what have you, like it happens. It's not something that you should necessarily be ashamed about. It's tough to speak about it openly. And, you know, it's funny that we're talking about books because at some point or another, I'd love to write a book about relationships. And, we talked know, the, about that. I told you. We talked about that. I'd love that. to do a TED talk. I'd love to do a TED talk around, you know, around relationships. You know, everything from from why people cheat to, you know, the price of fame, the illusion of fame. Because I tell you what, like, I think my, not I tell you, that I think, I know that my impact in the world could be so much greater as a person that just helps get their shit together in their life and as a marketer. You know, all the marketing stuff yeah. is great, but... Again, when you close that iPhone, when you get off Instagram, it's real life that you have to deal with. And are you happy? And are you at peace with the decisions that you've made? Yeah. Carlos, thank you so much for sharing that. I think what the most important part is, you know, the, the authenticity. I always say that it's important to be authentic. It's very important to be authentic. We're not perfect. We're human beings. And I think that that post, what that meant to me as a woman a woman watching and not knowing your wife, um, but just seeing you come to that place after so long and just saying, this is who I am. I made a mistake and I apologize for that. But it wasn't just the apology. It was the action behind it because a lot of people apologize, but what's the action behind it? You gave yourself respect. You gave your wife respect. You admitted and an wrongdoing. And it was kind of like, because a lot of people knew publicly, you know, what, what had happened, but it was just something that was never spoken. And you stepping up to that, you gave not only yourself permission, but it kind of like opened up the doors to start a conversation Mm -hmm. within entrepreneurs, within men that had done the same thing. And, you know, behind closed doors, I know that there was just this sense of peace and respect that came to your relationship. But publicly, the honor and respect that you gave your wife, I thought that was something Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And that's where you gained my respect because I wish more men um, or women, whoever has ever gone through that would actually do that especially if you're in a place you know that you're growing with your partner and you're back together is just be proud of who you're with show that person yeah off. absolutely um, you know it, it come to this place of just and not only that when you share when you screw something up like when you screw up and you make this mistake and you share it with the world it's kind of you become more peaceful you let it all out but it's a healing process for yourself and it opens up the door for other people to heal 100%. and i think and i think that I think there's so much healing that needs to come from that because a lot of people, you go to these events, you go to these parties, you see people cheating, mm-hmm. you see like all the pain that it causes because it's a ripple effect. It's you, it's your partner, it's kids. If there's kids, it's families involved, it's friends. It becomes this huge thing. And so many people are hurt in between, but nobody really addresses it. Nobody ever talks no about it. About and it. and I wish they would. I wish they would take it's, the shame out of it and, I, I, and, and not criticize when people get back together after that happens. You I know agree. what I mean? Look. You know, I, I I told this to my wife when we got back together, you know, I was serious about it. I was joking. I said, look, I'll be the poster boy for, for cheating if I have to be. 
because there's so many lessons that we yes. can teach others out there. And, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, people do the craziest shit at these conferences. You know, I've had my share. I've seen a lot. I've seen everything you can imagine. And, yeah. you know, it never gets talked about. It always just mm-hmm. gets swept under the rug. Yeah. And people know it happens. But it's nobody talks about, about it. So I think for as much as we talk about the hustle and the grind and, you know, all this great stuff around being a successful entrepreneur, we also need to talk about being successful in our personal lives as well, because at the end of the day, that's Equally what matters important. the most. Equally important. And remember, there's always someone watching. Your kids are watching. So it's about paying it forward. Carlos, thank you so much for sharing your takeaways, your life lessons, for sharing, you know, your your book and just everything that you've gone through and just just being an open book. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time. I'm wishing you so much success. I'm excited for, for your new book to come out, all the lessons that you've learned through this pandemic. And thank you for just walking and being yourself and being your authentic self and sharing it with the world. Keep going. Keep going. I'm following you and I'm always going to be there for you. And just thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for the stage, Rosie. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. All right, you guys, this is the girl with self-esteem issues. I'm Rosie Mercado. My guest, Carlos, where can they find you? You can find me at Carlos Gill 83 on Instagram and on Twitter. And also you can go on Amazon and get the end of marketing by just typing in the end of marketing. All right, you guys, make sure to check it out. Read it apply it read it and apply it i cannot express how much read it and apply it (laughs) you guys thank you so much for listening and watching the girl with self-esteem issues so if you've ever dealt with infidelity like i have here are some tips on how to overcome infidelity understand that you will experience a wide range of feelings and that all of them are completely normal when you discover your partner has engaged in any type of hurtful behavior the range of emotions you experience could be tremendous and a roller coaster ride. Trust me, I have felt so many emotions. You may also feel a loss of identity. Who are you and why were they capable of doing this? And who am I if I stay in a relationship with you? You may also feel a loss of self-respect, anger at yourself for missing the clues and might feel emotionally out of control. Next thing that you have to do is embrace those feelings and talk with your partner or a therapist about them. It is so important to explore what you're feeling and to engage your partner in that discussion. Avoiding those feelings or denying them only makes them stronger and puts further wedge in your relationship. Since infidelity usually involves withholding information, in order to fix these things, everything must be shared between partners. If your partner refuses to discuss the subject in a meaningful way, it's best to seek professional help for yourself so you can identify and work through these feelings. Decide whether to recommit to the relationship or quit. Regardless of your choice, you have to make a conscious decision either way to stay in the relationship or get out. Given the emotions attached to this decision, this can be extremely difficult step and I've been there. However, it has to be a conscious stated choice that you commit to wholeheartedly. You have to understand that you can't be half committed to your relationship. If you choose to stay, you must remain true to the course. This doesn't mean that you have to feel completely happy right away. It just means that if you choose to recommit, you have to stick with it even when you feel frightened or angry. If you commit to mending the relationship, this commitment becomes the cornerstone of rebuilding the relationship. If you go back and forth on this decision, you are in a way knocking down the foundation over and over again. This especially could be a really big problem when you are in the process of attempting to rebuild trust. And if you feel you can no longer trust and be in this relationship, you have to have the conversation in a healthy way, in a direct way. One way or another, forgiveness will be a part of a healthy way forward in your own time and in your own healing. I'm always here to help and always here to grow with you. 
If you want to hear more about my journey, be sure to check out my memoir, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, available both in English and Spanish through HarperCollins and HarperOne. You can find the link to purchase in the show description wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya learning podcast. To access my own your shit handbook filled with key insights and exercises and to join a community where you can chat directly with me, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie, enter promo code Rosie at checkout and receive 14 days absolutely free. I hope to see you there.